Y'all. Woo, man. When budget allows or AI gets there, I cannot wait for some help with setting this all up. That's my intro for today. Hi, I'm Nicole BZ and you know everything. You're listening to the podcast aptly titled because you do. I don't have the answers. I can be a facilitator, a guide. We can explore different concepts together. You can listen to me rant, which is what this episode is going to be all about. I am actually recording this as a video and we're rounding out season two of this episode. We've got over a hundred episodes recorded, which is super fucking exciting. Thousands of people listening. Oh my God. Still blows me away that there's like less than a handful, quite literally of reviews. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. But you know what's even better than a review? Sharing this podcast with somebody you love, who you think it might benefit. And that's, yeah, I, I, the new one's going to have a jingle. <laughs> it's going to have potentially a schedule. Apparently I've uh, given up on all scheduling altogether and I am fully embracing a, this new world business where our presence and energy, our attitude, our ability to be in service leads. And sometimes that means you might have a bad day and you might miss a deadline and that's okay. We're actually going to talk about all of that in this episode, but prior to me getting into it, because I this might, this might get a little yelly, a little narky. Uh, I might, this might be a bit triggering. I know that disclaimer was offered regularly at the beginning because I've gotten a lot of feedback in my life, both personally and professionally. And a lot of it has to do with how quote unquote direct I am. Uh, for any of you who've done any kind of like market research, especially when you're first getting started in a business and branding and leadership, they often ask you to pull the audience. So ask people in your circles who have known you either for a long period of time or a short period of time, but you know, what's your best and worst quality? What are you really known for? What do people go to you for? So on and so forth. And consistently over 20 years for people who have known me for twice that long and people who've known me for a fraction of that period, I am told my very best is the same as my very worst quality, which is honesty. <laughs> you know, you're going to get the truth. There is no filter, but that has created quite a bit of friction and issue oftentimes for the receiver. And unfortunately at the, um, ignorance of myself, because my intention is always to not necessarily be helpful, but be useful. Right. And, uh, something I had to discover <laughs> most of my lessons the hard way is it's only helpful if the receiver deems it as such, which means that they might not always want to hear my concept of the truth, right? So I have done my best to learn to filter, but that's kind of what this platform is for, my friend. It is my opportunity <laughs> to say whatever the fuck I want and to share my opinion with you in the hopes that it is useful and quite possibly helpful. So with that, that wasn't actually the disclaimer. <laughs> this is This is the disclaimer. This episode is not inspired by you, okay? Okay. So often I get feedback from people, um, especially business partners, especially employees. Um, I don't know how many of my like personal people listen to this because I do believe business is personal when you're a business owner. I would, I would say that most of the people that are listening, I would consider a friend and most people would qualify that as personal, but I also would never work with somebody I was not friendly with. So, you know, there's that as well, but I, I get people texting me or emailing me or leaving, um, 
comments in various places asking if I'm talking about them. And what I will say in all truthfulness is is that the stories that I share are never about one person. I've literally worked with thousands of creative leaders in my career. So this is artists. This is industry luminaries. This is solopreneurs. This is idea aiders, people who have an idea, who think they want to do something with it. They have no idea what to do next and nothing ever happens with it, right? I've also worked with small business owners, big business owners, corporate employees, corporate leaders. Like this has been a long time coming. And so what happens is something in my experience triggers, uh, essentially a debate in my brain hole, right? Like a kind of black hole spiral event horizon, if you will, where everything kind of comes together. And I will pull from that recent experience, but use that to leverage all of the experience, right? So I say that only because this episode may um, inspire a listener or two to think it's about them. Not true. If this is about anyone, it's my fucking dad. (laughs) Uh, As someone who never thought they had daddy issues, apparently there's a few. Um, But yeah, definitely some recent experiences. But also because he has accused me of being all of these things. And it's, it's given me reason to ponder. And this episode is called values versus woke because for those who are emotionally intelligent, for those who are creating growth, who are scaling businesses, who are bringing ideas into reality, there are numerous challenges. The reason I love business coaching is you cannot escape these explorations. In our personal life, we can cut people out. We can, compartmentalize, we can avoid, we can do all sorts of things I'm actually going to get into. But in business, we don't typically have that opportunity. And and, and as much as you're in a situation, you need to get to the other side and the only way is through, right? And so often we can label someone what separates us from them. We, you know, we get into the othering and then that makes them bad and us good, or potentially we're the victim and we're so disempowered by this individual and it's so dramatic and painful. And yet we've chosen this for some kind of a benefit, right? And when we're in that space, we can't see it. It's incredibly triggering and potentially even traumatizing to even think about the fact that on some level, we're choosing this or creating this. Please don't go there until you're, you've, you've neutralized the energy, right? It is showing up for a reason and you are ultimately responsible for fulfilling your needs. Now to say that like you're doing it on purpose. Sure. Like in some fucking dimension, you can think about it like that. Also, that could be really empowering. I certainly feel incredibly empowering. The control freak inside of me loves thinking I am in charge of all of the things. And ultimately that's true, except we live on this planet with other people. There's a, I did an episode, um, that talked a lot about Sartre's, uh, hell is other people, but, but the quote is much longer as most are, but we love taking things out of context to sensationalize them. Hell is other people because they reflect back at you that which you don't want to see. Without other people witnessing it, is it even real? But when other people witness it, it's it's unavoidably real, right? And that's kind of what this is all about. So I actually have notes on this one because this was like, this is, this is a rant. This is a rant. So also, if you don't want to listen, you don't have to. Full permission to turn me off. 
Um, not permission to cancel, right? Because it's part of the things we're going to get into. So one of what I want to really talk about is that there are certain trending labels we have started to use very casually. Things like narcissist and trauma triangle. And um, I am not going to be defending any of these constructs. I think as humans, we kind of need to label things in order to understand them, but we need to stay like forever aware and almost be committed to this awareness that that label comes with um, judgment. And the, the problem with that, with labeling is we can forget that what we're describing is not good or bad, better or worse, right or wrong. What we're tuning into once we label something, however, will lead us to that conclusion. And oftentimes when we're, when we're just like debating this with somebody else, the lighting keeps going a bit funky on my um, screen. I'm sorry. (laughs) Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, We're getting there guys. I'm working on the fidelity and the video quality and it's happening. So thank you for being on this journey with me of imperfection, (laughs) but I digress. So I'm not defending what you're going to hear me talk about. What I am suggesting is I've been accused of being all of these things. I have also accused someone of being all of these things. And I just want to refer back to values because at the end of the day, those are are our guideposts. And I've got lots of podcasts on that. I'm not going to get into it today. Um, I believe values are the things that we wish to experience in our day-to-day because they are so important to us. For me, they really describe feelings, um, like a concept. And that's how I know I'm being successful. That's how I know I'm on the right path, even if it feels super fucking painful and hard. Excellence, fun, adventure, freedom. They're so simple because in in their simplicity... so much rolls up into it. Adventure suggests, I don't necessarily know how this is going to go. There might be a loose plan. This might be very spontaneous. It's probably going to get uncomfortable, potentially even painful. Can I still have a good time? Can I still have fun? Can I see the challenge and the opportunity on the other side? Can I believe the opportunity is there even if that like, I can't see it, you know, so what makes it a, a good adventure is it's a good story. That is not without drama and struggle, right? <laughs> um, anywho, so oftentimes, especially in terms of the excellence and the adventure, I challenge people and my definitions of those values are simply that mine. I have full permission to f- I was going to say fight, but to advocate, that's probably a better word. But see that, even that, just the labeling fight feels bad, hard, mean. Advocate feels, feels virtuous and righteous and aligned. It's describing the same thing. I'm honoring a particular experience and I'm prioritizing it over something else. Now that might come at your expense, my friend. My desire for adventure is leading to subquality subpar, subpar quality video right now. I'm okay with that. Are you? 
YouTube sphere? <laughs> probably not, because there's this like underlying, probably unconscious expectation that everything should be fucking perfect. So um, I like values for so many different reasons, but they act like a filter. They act like guideposts. They remind me of what's most important. Anytime I'm feeling off kilter, I'm probably not experiencing a majority of those values on a day-to-day. And it helps me understand how I'm going to work with somebody else. And when I start getting really frustrated or disappointed or bitter or resentful or anything that doesn't feel fantastic, there's a value conflict. Now, the expectation that everyone should honor all of my values all of the time will lead to quite a bit of disappointment, right? Because they get to honor their values as well. The thing is, is I'm not, when you're in it, like when someone is challenging you, Firstly, that's like a lot of level one, level two energy, right? And that typically matches like um, conflict meets conflict. When we're in like compromise and negotiation and exploration, like even those labels feel completely differently than conflict, right? But we make these assumptions in the story where we start to experience something and then we start to tell ourselves the story. Like this person doesn't appreciate me. This person's a flake. This person's a liar. This person is bad. They're just doing what they need to do. And they're probably doing it really fucking well if I'm feeling like that, because ultimately I'm sacrificing what's important to me in order to facilitate their needs. That's not their fault, right? So I'm going to get into some of these woke definitions, because what's happening when we label somebody a misogynistic pig who has uh, choked on internalized capitalism is we're basically saying they're fucking broken and they're never going to get on my side of the fence. That, firstly, like, how the hell do you know all of that? I mean, secondly, we all are, <laughs> right? Like, I, I I know that people listening to this will think, oh, poor sweetie, she's she's so um so so brainwashed, she's so programmed, she's so what's the human design term? Uh, when you, conditioned, right? And yes, 100%. Also, I am doing my best. I am, I love it when somebody calls me out on my shit. And also, I get to wallow in my shit. I get to roll around in it, right? Like every time we, we run into conflict, it is an opportunity for us to understand each other in a new way. And that might mean suggesting like, okay, this, like there is too much friction here. The, the cost exceeds the benefit. What's interesting is, uh, you don't win this game by being an enlightened spiritual being who's quote unquote doing the work. Like that is also in as much a label and we'll get into my very first woke concept, virtue signaling. So I get accused of this a lot because of my values. I live by my values. That's important to me that they are demonstrated in everything that I do and everything that I say. And I'm, of course, I'm not doing this a thousand percent of the time. Like I'm not suggesting that at all. But when I've run into value or yeah, a value conflict, especially with people that I work with now, this language is being thrown around that it's, I am virtue signaling and let's put it into terms of like meeting deadlines like I started at the beginning of being accountable, right? Like as we're sort of navigating this new world business, we're also working with a different concept of time, a different concept of exchange as we're building 
um, AI and cryptocurrencies and digital currencies, like systems and constructs and ways of working are completely breaking down as you were turning in, tuning into your own values and priorities and timelines and constructs and assumptions. All of that is going to evolve as well. And this means that you might not show up in the way that you have before. Now, excellence to me, accountability rolls up into that. Timelines do. I think of time as like this intersection on the space-time continuum where you and I can meet. That's why me releasing this episode or this, this podcast once a week, every week on the same day is important to me. Now, I don't know if you, if it matters to you. I get a lot of feedback that it does, that that consistency is appreciated, that knowing I, there's going to be an episode I'm releasing every week is something that people look forward to. And that's not egoic. That's reinforcement of like this shared concept of value. The flip side of this is I get people telling me I'm virtue signaling and that when I express disappointment or frustration or unhappiness at the fact that it seems impossible for us to meet a deadline or um, work on a consistent timeline, that I... um I, I'm like showing off or I, I mean, like <laughs> I, I actually looked up written definitions for all of these things. Um, and, uh, the virtue signaling was every white girl who has BLM in their profile description. I thought that was pretty, pretty haha, but also virtue signaling for someone who doesn't share your values, it will feel righteous, right? Like I personally, liked this definition and use it as an example because they're right. Everyone should have BLM embedded into every cell in their body, right? But like by talking about it all the time and putting it in your job title or your social media profile, does are, are you overcompensating for something? I don't know. Like I can't make that judgment around somebody, but it's really fucking easy to, right? A, a common one, this, this occurred to me in terms of like analogies to use, Going to church, being vegan. These are two things that if you don't do it, there's an underlying assumption that the person who does will judge you for it. And if they talk about it a lot, then you might assume they are virtue signaling. I've also heard people talk about like, I don't need to virtue signal like that anymore. I personally believe there's a difference between talking about and living your values and being accountable. <laughs> of course, things are going to change. Own that. Of course, you're going to let people down. Own that too. Just because you acknowledge someone else might have a difference of opinion or might have a judgment around you doesn't mean you have to buy into that. So saying and acknowledging, hey, I know I said I was going to do that thing by this date and that didn't happen. I bet you're super disappointed about that. That actually bums me out. I'm not owning. I don't, I'm not bummed out by it. Like I'm not bummed out by the fact that I didn't meet your expectations. I'm bummed out by the fact that you're bummed out. That's called empathy, <laughs> not virtue signaling. Okay. So that was kind of the first one that I wanted to tap into. And just to like the, this concept of virtue signaling suggests that if someone is proud of something or if someone wants to honor their own priorities, that's not okay. Um, you may prescribe to that belief, but perhaps after realizing that just that othering 
and suggesting that someone is virtual virtue signaling is judgment. And there's something there for you, especially because we are all a reflection of ourselves, right? Like you are me, I am you, they are them. <laughs> and, uh, why suggest that because somebody, especially like we see this a lot, I think when people are in new things and we can be a little jaded, especially with people in our personal experience who we've seen jump from thing to thing to thing, but like, it should be awesome that they're so excited and they're trying on all of these new concepts and ideas and virtues and what's wrong with them talking about it. Like, what is that? highlighting in yourself, that insecurity comes from somewhere and it's not them. It's in, it's in you, my friend. And that's the opportunity and the challenge, not them. Okay. Virtue signaling kind of, I think leads me to cancel culture, which if I'm going to be totally honest, like I don't watch a lot of TV. I don't read like the major news outlet headlines. I, um, I'm not that into pop culture anymore. Once I got out of the music industry, like I kind of stopped paying attention to uh, pop culture and cancel culture is 100% a part of pop culture. So let me read you the definition for this one. Cancel culture is a phenomenon in which those deemed to have acted or spoken in an unacceptable manner are ostracized, boycotted, or shunned. It involves the mass withdrawal of support from public figures who have done things that aren't socially accepted. And it often occurs on social media. So here's the thing about cancel culture. Socially accepted changes, right? Like every woman who wanted to leave their husband was canceled. Um, if you didn't have a college education, you were canceled. Like I, I'm seeing um, in some of the communities that I'm in that people want to cancel Meta. They want to cancel Facebook, these people being influencers. But like without Facebook, who the fuck would they be? Like they wouldn't, they wouldn't be an influencer. Hold on, water break. So the point not being you can't boycott. That is an incredibly, I always say like you vote with your dollar, you vote with your time. Like what are you investing in? And absolutely invest in your values. Be um, very consistent in committing to the things that are important to you, either by spending time there, learning about it, spending money on it, etc. But the, the thinking that you know the internal nuances of any situation to the point where you could judge another human being. And this is incredibly triggering when you think about some of the high profile public figures that very much seem like they're influencing your life in a potentially negative way. It's, it's a wild concept to think this person is just trying to get their needs met alongside you getting your needs met. And ultimately we have to figure out how to do that together because cancel culture is investing energy into hate. And that is how we got here by, by othering, by judging, by creating such mental difference between us and them that we are fragmented. And I've been spending a lot of time reading history like ancient history, um, medieval history, 
the, the, um, you know, how civilization has evolved. And I get it. We have been fighting and killing and torturing each other for thousands of years. Some might argue for as long as, as humans have been around. So am I suggesting like this behavior isn't going to stop? Absolutely not. But what I am asking is which part do you want to participate in? Because cancel culture, even the label itself is hateful. And there are ways of participating in your communities and in your world that doesn't feed hate. And unfortunately as well, and this is a judgment, but a lot of cancel culture it comes from headlines, comes from anecdotal evidence. There will forever and always be data, especially now, to support your opinion and on the flip side, to support theirs. I've got so many friends that are fucking down the rabbit hole of conspiracy theories. And, and I, that label in and of itself, I've always said I don't doubt that conspiracy theories are true, but do I want to think there's some like elite Illuminati the people sex trafficking children and blood, like all of this like evil psychotic horror movie shit going on? Like it, it who knows? It might be. And what am I doing in my life? <laughs> Like if, I, if that is so important to me, what day-to-day -day action am I taking outside of just bitching on social media? Because that isn't changing anything. That's just feeding. And you don't need me to hear it. You don't need me to get on that fucking soapbox. Everybody's on that. Well, those of us that are on that box, it's very crowded, right? So the, again, the point being, notice where you're putting your energy into. Notice when you're jumping on a bandwagon. Notice like if if you're feeling so upset about something, do your own research. Look for some opposing points of view from an objective standpoint. The only way to solve these problems is to understand the disparate points of view, to put yourself in their shoes as cliche as it sounds. Ask, if I were doing this, why would I be doing it? Probably because that you would feel unsafe and insecure. So you're looking for ways to create security and power in your experience. That's really the only reason that anybody kind of acts like a dickhead. <laughs> like we don't know what the future is going to bring. I am investing in a timeline that yields hope and love because without that we're fucked and there's no point in a future. Cancel culture to me is investing in hate and judgment, which again is exactly how we got here. So if you are looking for change, look inside yourself and do something inside yourself. <laughs> like, Be the change, my friend. Which brings me to my next. This isn't so much woke culture, but that might, this is exactly what my dad accused me of because I disagreed with him. And I pointed out a few experiences that were proving my point, right? That's what we call debate. And he told me that I was bullying him. Now, I'm not talking about, and in any of these labels, because it's going to get, we're going to get a little darker. I'm not talking about the, the abusive childhood traumatic experience many of us have experienced. I'm talking about like a professional conversation, maybe across the table, usually on an email or like Slack thread chain, right? And 
Um, I'm also not taught, you know, like toxic workplace. That's another word I should have actually probably explored. It's like this concept of toxic. Here's the thing. You're participating in it. <laughs> like, sorry, not sorry. If you are still there, you are part of the problem and you might not be able to change a toxic culture, but then like, what are you doing? And corporate is corporate. Small business is small business. Solopreneurs are solopreneurs. The internet is the internet. Social media is social media. Like if you're buying into and subscribing to that experience, like I I don't, I, I was, was talking with one woman today who was talking about her toxic workplace. This wasn't today. That was the, this was yesterday. Um, she was talking about her toxic workplace and, you know, the fact that she's continually bullied by the, her, not just her boss, but like her entire team. And she's been trying to leave since 2018. That was five years ago, depending on when you're listening to this. And God, I mean, now, now like victim blaming and um, <laughs> like, I, I am very aware not everybody has the agency or the privilege. Um, or the skill set to speak up, stand up, walk away. And also, every single person always has a choice. And that choice might be really fucking hard, really fucking scary, um, very isolating, um, potentially dangerous. What can we do to own the agency we do have in our own personal experience. And again, I cannot speak on behalf of everybody everywhere all of the time. I'm not trying to, and I am a privileged white woman. So this is all coming from that perspective. So, you know, another disclaimer here, I personally believe we always have a choice that goes back to freedom. And there are the, I, I witness in my day to day, especially in, in employees and cultural differences where some people don't feel like they have the ability to speak up or say something. And that's, you know, where me at like, all I can do is my best to create that space, to get some type of honest communication going on and to support them in developing that skill set. But to also say like, well, that's just the way things are. And these, you know, the, these marginalized members of our communities are never going to be able to speak up or stand up for themselves. Like, I don't think that's helping either. So anyhow, anyhow, bullying. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm talking about when you ask for what you want or you say what you want or you do what you want. And that comes at the expense of somebody else. Does that make you a bully? I don't think so. Is it your job to make sure that every single person in your experience is both aware of and therefore receiving everything they need all of the time, potentially at your expense? Again, I don't think so. Human interaction is, I mean, some might perceive it as a power struggle. I look at it as an exploration and in that, sometimes I have a lot of capacity and energy for something. I'm willing to put in the time, the money, the learning to figure it out. Sometimes I don't. Sorry. Sorry if I hurt your feelings. I got into like a very weird social media interaction. I can be very, very sarcastic if you know me. And that gets completely lost in digital. 
I like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I just, okay, whatever. I'm going to hurt people's feelings. They're going to take it personally. They're going to get offended. Like I've been doing that for so long. It's kind of hard for me to like give too many shits about it. It's kind of what I'm talking about. But this person was like, you know, despite the fact that we've been joking around, like you crossed a line. Okay. I'm like, I'm sorry you're offended. Um, but like, I'm sorry you're upset. I'm not going to change my behavior <laughs> because one out of thousands of people, tens of thousands of people that's engaged with me online thinks that like that was, that was too far. Um, th that can absolutely be perceived as being a bully and advocating for yourself, standing up for what you want. Um, learning that we are going to have value conflicts. Like that's normal. You should honor what's important to you. And that might come at my expense. Now that's my opportunity to choose. Do I want to participate or not? The unfortunate part of bullying is oftentimes this can be discharged. So we get upset and then we discharge that energy. Most, like we all, we all, every single person falls um, prey to the reaction, especially in like a heated scenario with a lot of level two. And that, you know, fight meets more fight. I personally shut down in interactions where somebody like escalates it to like uh, an argument. And I, I use that differently than debate. I love debating. I take the devil's advocate. I will often disagree with somebody just so that I can learn and keep things interesting. But when I'm expressing a need that's not being met and someone takes offense to that or feels insecure about that, and then they come at me with some like very emotionally charged energy asking me for like evidence and lists and data to support, I, I, I just like, I don't perform well in those instances. I need to take a step back. I need to neutralize the energy that can often, um, feel like bullying because I'm not giving them the space to discharge. I'm not there to make them feel a certain way. And they find that very offensive and very challenging. That's okay too. <laughs> so it's okay if we disagree, like, let's just start with that. Is it okay if somebody like physically violates you? Of course not. Like, obviously not. Obviously I'm not advocating for, for, uh, physical violence, but what I am advocating for is for people to stand up for themselves and for people to articulate their needs. And um, I'm also saying if you are experiencing a pattern of bullying where you feel like your power is being questioned, if not removed, why? Please don't do this exploration in the moment, but after the fact, like, what are you getting out of it? What is the benefit of, of essentially being the victim? There's something there. I've, I got you guys. I wish I could like the amount of times I wanted somebody to be the bad guy, especially my dad. Um, I'll, I'll kind of circle back to him to wrap it all up, but everyone is just doing exactly what they need to get exactly what they want. And if it looks gross or ugly, it's probably because they're in a pretty wild situation. They've learned that gross and ugly behavior gets them what they want. Why? Because they are rewarded for it. They get what they want, even if that's more pain and suffering. So that's like a very nuanced, complex topic. I'm assuming like you're pretty familiar with all of this. And honestly, like I'm very much preaching to the choir with this episode, but 
I'm hoping everybody, the, the reason why bullying is so prevalent in my mind is because often as bosses and leaders, uh, as thought leaders, as influencers, we can be accused of being bullies because our job, again, is not to meet every single person's fucking need. It is to lead. And that is going to ostracize and marginalize some people. Now, if I were the president of the United States, that, that might be a little bit different. And this is an ideological, uh, definite, like uh, an, an ideological analogy for this situation. But what they should be doing is leading to, for the greatest good. Obviously that's debatable, but like the greatest good will also leave some people out. <laughs> like, are you okay with being left out so that the majority can win? In a lot of instances, I am because I'm weird. I don't even want to be in the majority. So like, yeah, everybody else can go watch fucking Desperate Housewives. Is that what it's called? I don't think that's what it's called. That's what I think. That's hilarious that I just said that. Um, yeah, I'm not even going to get into my opinions on Real Housewives. I probably should have talked about that uh, in the um, like cancel culture, uh, pop culture discussion. But like, why the the example here is like, why do you love the drama? Why watch other people suffer? Why watch other people fight? Why watch other people cry? There's some weird human fascination with that level of energy. Notice it in your own experience. Note, I am the worst for gossiping and drama. It took me years to cut that out. Years. And also, when I I, I uh, level one, like I need to know all the things all the time and get to the point of origin of everything. And some people will interpret that as gossiping because I'm asking, well, what did they say? Well, what did she say? Well, what's happening here? It's information gathering for me, but for somebody else, it might be gossiping. That's there. We're both right. Okay, I'm moving on. Let me see if this is the last one. Um, yes, it is. This is my. Oh no, it's not. I'm totally lying. Well, eh, okay. I don't know why I feel bad. We're at 38 minutes here. So this is one that I've heard been thrown around heaps. Um, I'm going to read the technical definition of it because the technically, just like bullying, just like um, virtue signaling, like technically this can be really gross and bad. That's not like narcissism. It's not often what's happening when we use these terms. What we're doing is vilifying and othering. Gaslighting is an insidious form of manipulation and psychological control in which the abuser misleads the target, creating a false narrative and making them question their judgments and realities. Sure. Absolutely. We see this a lot in domestic abuse, right? And emotional abuse, psychological abuse. And also, do you think the person who is gaslighting has any awareness that they're doing this? Probably not. Most people, if you accuse them of bullying, of virtue signaling, of gaslighting, would like be very offended and suggest that it is absolutely not what's happening, so on and so forth. And then you accuse them of virtue signaling, judging, and gaslighting, right? Um, in my experience, someone has learned how to advocate for themselves by suggesting it's your fault. You did it wrong. And you probably don't even know. And so let me tell you. That's all that gaslighting is. In my experience, the people who participate in gaslighting have experienced a significant amount of trauma and they learned that it was their fault and they did it wrong. And that's why they were punished. And the only way to do it right is to 
essentially vilifying other the abuser um and that and then therefore like every it's almost like every person in their experience is is an abuser and th- they need to get the upper hand they need to be right somebody here is wrong blame needs to be attributed somewhere it's like a very fucking gross cycle and the only way to stop it is to firstly acknowledge what's happening and then secondly recognize everybody's just doing what they need to get their needs met. Okay. So I, um, I was having a conversation with a male who I pointed out, uh, a break in our planning, the structure we had set up for success. And they proceeded to tell me that I just hadn't actually paid enough attention. I probably should have communicated better. And that the problem that I was very upset about wasn't really that big of a problem anyway, and actually isn't even really a problem, especially if I just accept the situation as it is rather than try and figure out a different solution. Um, it was a lot more emotionally charged than that, my friend, but, uh, I waited. I literally like shut down in the moment and I was like, and then when I was able to get my thoughts together, which involved typing out you know, a series of emails and not sending them and putting like getting my ideas together. And then I was finally able to say, Hey, look, (laughs) you may or may not be familiar with the term gaslighting, but what it means is what I just explained to you. You're suggesting that somebody who highlights a problem is the one to blame. And then the solution that they're asking for sucks. And in fact, the problem that they're highlighting isn't a problem at all. And if you've not experienced what that's like, it feels really fucking horrible. And this is a, this is a real problem for me. That's why I brought it to your attention, regardless of if you agree with me or not. So please don't tell me that you don't think, um, this is valid. I, my bringing it forward is valid. If you don't want to deal with it, that's different. (laughs) Say that, but don't invalidate me. And they, they responded very, very positively. They apologized. They said that was not their intention. And it, it helped me understand like most of the time someone isn't waking up in the morning and being like, Oh man, I, I'm going to be a fucking asshole today. I'm going to like hurt some people's feelings. I am going to bully some people. I'm going to gaslight you. Um, yeah, I'm going to commit some emotional trauma today. Like, Again, most of the time they're waking up and being like, I'm going to get my shit done. I'm going to do what I need to do. So let me like also say being gaslit feels fucking horrible, but recognize it for what it is, a power struggle. And you don't have to participate it in, in the way that like, you don't have to obviously buy into the narrative, but also like understand like they might, they might be entitled to their perception of the situation. And your only option might be to exit said situation. Advocate for yourself, learn how to stand up for yourself. You deserve to have people in your experience that honor your needs, regardless of if they agree with them or not. We all have that friend who's like a little bit crazy and a little bit weird, you know, parties a little too much. It might be me. Um, and it's like, feels like they're a little left to field, but like we love them anyway. You know, I, I often think about like all of the people in my life as a combination of positives and negatives. And oftentimes the negatives are directly related to my most favorite things about them. Am I willing to accept that negative? Can I do this in myself? <laughs> 
Can I accept the fact that as I'm moving into like this new world business and a more um, spontaneous and creative and intuitive way of doing things, it's also going to look pretty fucking messy and chaotic to people who are not accustomed to that. My onboarding process and training process has like doubled as a result of this. Does that mean something's wrong? I'm doing something wrong as a leader. I've been hired, you know, people who don't know. Absolutely not. It just means this is new and we're figuring it out. And I feel really fucking good and excited about it. I hope they feel really good and excited about it. And yeah, we're going to have challenges. Let's celebrate those problems as opportunities to learn more and do better, not vilify the problem and then judge somebody and assign blame. There's usually like a thousand hundred things going on in any given moment. How could we possibly blame one person or one thing? So the last thing I'm going to get into is like capitalism and the patriarchy. And as someone who is very comfortable in their masculine, <laughs> yes, capitalism is an economic system based on the private ownership and the means of production and operation for profit, private profit. And what we're experiencing is consolidation, less private, more profit at what we perceive as being the expense to us, right? The patriarchy is a social system in which positions of dominance and privilege are primarily held by men. 1000% we've been there. The, you know, the, the, um, reason I didn't go to law school originally, I tried many times, uh, is because like the laws are written by men for men. Like, yeah, the system is rigged. Fighting that is exhausting. Figuring out how to dismantle the system from within to create something we've never done before isn't going to happen overnight, but going to war, going to battle. I looked up social justice and social justice warrior, right? Social justice refers to a fair and equitable division of resources, opportunities, and privileges within a society. Who's to say that like free market capitalism, capitalism, private ownership for profit isn't fair and equitable division of resources, opportunities and privileges. Like, obviously that's not how it's rolling out, but like not so obviously maybe it's how it can free market. Capitalism was like the best option we had. We all, you know, revolted for democracy and, and uh, this isn't a political podcast. I'm not going to get into it, but like, yeah, I get, it. it's not perfect. And they're like, the atrocities and genocide and um, trauma that has been experienced as a result of forwarding these structures is abysmal at best and um, overwhelming. Like it's just completely overwhelming, but like, I can't fix that. Neither can you. What I can do is empower individuals to engage in private ownership for profit so that they can experience equitable distribution of resources and opportunities and privilege, right? Like every individual person that I work with, every conversation that I have, every podcast that I create, I am stepping out my vision for this hope and this love and this, this potential future. A warrior is someone who is ex engaged in warfare and broadly engaging in conflict. So this concept of like social justice warrior is not a badge of honor to be worn, in my opinion. It's more othering. It's more division. It's more judgment. It's more hate. And it's so much energy invested in struggle. What will we create more of? 
struggle. Like I'm trying to create ease and and effortless success and endless opportunities and limitless potential for me, for you, for everybody. Uh, This concept that like anytime someone suggests a system or a structure or planning um, is internalized capitalism. I mean, I'm pretty sure I'm fucking contradicting myself directly in some of my earlier episodes, like full acknowledgement of that. We all get to do what we want the way we want to do it, even if it means we're getting shitty results. We all get to look at our shitty results and ask, is this enough? Do I want more? Should I stop doing some things? Like, hopefully we can all support each other in that exploration especially if we disagree with each other, especially if I don't like the way you're doing it. I just don't, I mean, that's the good thing is there are enough of us and there's enough going on (laughs) that if I don't want to participate, I just don't. I don't even need to have a conversation around it. There's, There's a few things that have been like repeatedly irritating me in my immediate experience. And so much of me wanted to have like this giant sit down and, you know, work it out and figure out like where to from here. And it's like, or I could just stop worrying about it. And let people know, like, this is how I am moving forward. Not even offering them, like, you can join me, you cannot. No, it's just like, this is what I'm doing. If I see you there, great. <laughs> but like, that's on you. Um, You know, one of the reasons social media is making us fucking crazy is because people are displacing influence and... Um, what's the word? Not action, but like investment by yelling into the ether on the internet. Uh, and I just heard this. All we're doing is training AI. Like all we're doing is training AI that we are about conflict and struggle and hate and, uh, trolling, right? Like this is intelligence and it is learning that like, we might quite possibly be the enemy. (laughs) Like I don't see AI like fighting with each other and being like, well, you know, your, uh, your cloning voice cloning technology doesn't deserve as much, um, resources as my finance market predictive technology. Like, I don't think, yeah, uh, that's where the unemotional advantage can come from. That's why neutralizing your charge before taking action, even just choosing your thoughts, very fucking useful. Maybe we should start saying, what would AI do? Um, This is also why I'm not worried about AI, but I digress. Uh, I wanted to, I I wrote this note out and I've kind of like moved past it, but I want to, I want to go back to it because I have this really unique vantage point of watching most of the people in my life have children. I don't have children. I've spent a significant amount of time with a handful of my people's kids for various reasons. And I I also get to work with leaders, visionaries, creators who have children. And what I find so interesting about, you know, this, this capitalistic patriarchy that we're all fighting against or submissing to is like how we're raising our daughters. And so many of my people have these unbelievably confident, outspoken, demanding, precocious, powerful young women that they are raising. And it drives them fucking crazy. (laughs) Like the conflict there. I mean, to the point where a lot of these, these people are in therapy, they are being moved from schools. They 
uh, are struggling with how to emotionally process and what should be a, um, you know, non-binary experience, but yet like we, we process emotion the way we process emotion and, it's incredibly uncomfortable to watch someone and witness someone in that level one, two, that victim bully, like the poor me, fuck you energy. And because like, we don't have the capacity to do that for ourselves, to allow ourselves that emotional, um, experience to the point where we're able to process and discharge it on our own without other people validating it or causing it or fixing it. Like most of us have not even gotten to that place yet. So how the hell can we do that for the children? And instead we're, you know, labeling their experience, we're medicating their experience, we're critiquing their experience, we're putting them in, in different educational systems that we believe as the adult that is a better thing than the other little, like the point being there are so many opportunities to create the change that you want in your experience. And by investing in anything external, you are essentially distracting yourself from the change and the opportunities you have. And I was, I was talking about this recently with, um, one of my clients that like the concept of a trauma response versus an intuitive hit, or just that like gut knowing, like that's a very, very fine line. And most people who have experienced a significant amount of trauma, who I would also suggest is most people, like that gut knowing, that intuitive hit, that skill set came out of surviving the trauma, right? Like, <laughs> but like the trauma survival is hypervigilance. It's, it's trying to get ahead of something bad. Intuition to me feels expansive and creative and like, ooh, let's try this. Now it can be obscenely distracting. That's what I use my values for. It helped me understand like just because that idea popped in or this podcast episode showed up or this person texted me, like, can I invest in that in this moment? And typically the answer is no, like more now than ever. Doesn't mean it's not a strong intuitive hit. Doesn't mean I'm also not trying to get ahead of something bad, but it feels fucking good. That's like my guidepost. Does it feel good? Capture that. Hold on to that. Does it feel bad? Probably not valid information, like fake news. And the reason I wanted to bring this up is the, you know, the woke community can often accuse you of any of these things, virtue signaling, bullying, gaslighting because their intuition tells them you're feeling a certain way. You're acting a certain way. And because you're not woke, you're not an enlightened spiritual being. You don't even know your own feelings. That might be true. It might not. You'll know. But someone's intuition doesn't make that information necessarily true for you. And also they could be onto something. There's an opportunity to learn here. Like if they're sensing that something's going on and it's coming from like a very expansive, creative place, let's explore that. Maybe that feeling is, is a reaction they're having to you rather than an interpretation of you. That is an interesting conversation. And so again, like there's a huge difference between being accused of something and experiencing something. And let's just work out the labeling around it. Cause one label might sound really negative and, um, contracting 
another label might found re- sound really interesting and expansive. Okay. So I've been talking for a really long time and I've made my partner not leave his room. So last things I want to leave you with, imagine they are you and you are them. And I don't mean believe it. Like this is oftentimes, like if you've ever done an art degree, they will give you a creative constraint within which to operate from to make you think differently. That's all I'm I'm asking this prompt of you is like, what if they're just doing their best to get what they need? What would you need if you were acting like this? Like oftentimes it's a hug or a nap, right? <laughs> like when we're experiencing that poor behavior. But when I experience like those, um, blinding levels of pain and avoidance. And, and I've, I'm just on the other side of that. Like I spent an entire afternoon, like ugly crying in my bed, trying to take a nap. The nap wasn't working and I missed a massive deadline. Uh, that, that, that sucks. There's no like, there's no intellectualizing or spiritualizing around that. That's the human experience. That is both the, the pain and the beauty of it, right? That moment was not beautiful at all, but like this conversation for me is, and when someone is acting in a way that creates that pain for you, see that in yourself, look for that in yourself. And that will allow you to heal at least enough to give them the space to have their own experience without you needing to meddle in it, judge it, label it, fix it, vilify it, condemn it, whatever, or even like let it trigger you or get you down. Like that's really, how do you know when you're, when you're woke AF, other people don't get to you. Other, like the news doesn't freak you out. Um, you're able to recognize an experience and have a very emotional roller coaster without making it be more than just that particular experience. Sorry, not sorry. So yeah, like we're all going to get our feelings hurt. We're also all going to do amazing, unpredictable, wildly successful things. Like you can spend a lot of time and energy on the hurt feelings and the sad and the pain and the hurt or you could potentially spend that same amount of energy on the unpredictable, miracle, amazing awesomeness that's never even happened that you couldn't even imagine. So uh, as abruptly as I started, I will end. You know where to find me at the BZ channel on most socials. The YouTube channel is like actually finally happening. Uh, Discord, invite in the show notes. The Loop, weekly newsletter, actually going out most weeks best way to get all of my free stuff, figure out if you want to work with me, uh, geek out on everything I'm geeking out on, get me on a semi-daily basis. Like that's really where my energy is going to be invested moving forward. So thank you so much for being here. I forget. I talked to everybody listening, AKA you, like you've been listening since day dot. This might be your first, your first episode. Welcome. I'm going to start addressing because there's more and more people every week. And so I need to, this is me making a mental note and holding myself accountable to start saying hi to you. Welcome. Any questions, please email hello at NicoleVZ.com and I will get back to you or someone on the team. And, oh, we're going to round this out at exactly an hour. I'm sure uh, there will be edits and 
I don't know why I'm talking about this now. That's my cue to be done. I love you. Bye.